Leads, leads, leads. What is happening? Welcome to Working Hours, a show about a place called Leeds, a time called Now, and an activity called Work. My name is Simon, and this is all my fault. What did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> um, not what I'm doing now, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I was I was torn between being an accountant because I absolutely love the black and white of numbers. You can't mm. you can't mess with them. They are what they are, and I, I love that. And a vet, all right, which couldn't be more different, could it? But I I have always always loved animals. I became vegetarian at just after I turned 13 mm. and that was the beginning of the 80s a long time ago and people weren't doing it then mm. um, and none of my family were doing it so yeah I've always had a passion for animals and welfare um, but my safe place was maths because it made sense yeah I didn't do either by the way so uh, how far did you take the maths then did you do it up to sort of a level degree or just GCSE well O levels I suppose I left school at 15. Right. So um, I'm really aging myself already out of five minutes in. Um, I left school at 15 years old because um, school just stopped holding an interest for me. Um, mm. I passed my maths all level, I think it was back then. I passed it without studying or trying. I just mm. did it. Um, I just turned up and did it. And, and um, I, I didn't, I wasn't getting anything else out of school. Yeah. So I remember out of the sciences, physics was my favorite because that made sense. That was logical yeah. as well. Physics is very logical. It's very like maths. Yeah. And I could pass those exams without trying as well. I could mm. get, you know, I could get 100% marks in mocks. And so I just lost interest. Mm. Um, and I regret it so much. If I could go back, that would be what I would change. I would have gone on to university, but I just didn't have an interest in it. I wanted, I wanted to be practical and do stuff. Um, and I think that's probably stayed a theme for me throughout my life. I'm a doer. Mm. I want to get in there and, and get it done and um, mm. move on to the next thing, fix it and move on to the next thing. You can't do that in academia. It's all about theory and what if you do And I, And I, I'm more of a doer than that. I'm more practical, I think. Um, yeah, I can't great. remember what your question was now, Simon. It was about what you wanted to be when you were. We did go on a this divert. Is, this is what I do, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, so um, vet, so obviously being a vet was blown out of the water because I, I wasn't staying on at school and, and I did prefer physics to biology, so it wasn't going to happen. Mm. I could not cut a frog up if you paid me a million pounds. It wasn't ever going to happen, so... That, that went out the window very quickly. Um, and I think one day somebody said to me, what if somebody comes in and tells you they want to put their dog down mm. and, and it's not it's not ready for that stage, if you mm. like, well, I won't be able to do it. <laughs> yeah. I'd end up with a thousand animals in the back garden. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that, that didn't, that wasn't realistic for me and my beliefs, I suppose, my values. Yeah. Um, so what did but, you go straight into then from school if you left at 15? Did you go straight to work or? I went straight into work. Yeah. Um, they used to have youth opportunity schemes mm. um, back in the day. And I went straight into work, into an office. Just by chance, that's what came up. I learned mm. how to type. Learning how to touch type is one of the best things that happened to me back then. Mm. 
it's just you never lose it it's just fantastic it's wonderful um so I learned to touch type they were teaching you to almost be a secretary or something like that um so I learned some great basic skills that have helped me throughout my career to be honest because if those things are easy you know you can focus on other things um I was an office junior in two or three different companies I would move to the next one and I've always been a hard worker whatever you give me to do I'm just going to get it done mm. and I'll do it fast and I'll do it well and you'll wonder how I managed it but I will that's what will happen um so I ended up at um Kay's catalog all right yeah and at Kay's catalog um I very quickly worked my way through a few different jobs um to the point where I was actually training other people and covering for the training manager when when she wasn't available mm. um applying for managerial jobs and I was only I want to say 18 19 mm. and I was managing people um mm. that's hard mm. if you're more of an analytical logical person that's quite difficult mm. um so I was learning as I went I probably got lots of things wrong I'm sure I did mm. um and then I moved across to Sky Broad, British Sky Broadcasting. I don't know if you remember that. It was yeah, before, yeah. before Sky. Yeah. Um, and I was a manager there and I went back to my roots and it was all about data. Mm. So I was the quality control manager. I was 23, mm. 22, 23. Mm. And I was the quality control manager. So I was in my absolute happy place because... I could deal with, I had all the data, but it was all brand new. So I had to figure it out from scratch. Um, I had all the data I wanted to make things better and to check everyone was doing the jobs properly. Mm. Um, and I could also solve problems. It's like, mm. this is my happy place. Fantastic. Um, and from there, um, it closed down because Sky bought, bought the whole thing out. Mm. Um and I had my first baby, so there was nowhere to go after that. It, it was kind of what, start again. Yeah. Um, and I ended up going to, um, when my my eldest was about nine months old, I ended up going to um, First Direct. Yeah. When they yes. when they sort of first opened up, was that? Close, yeah. yeah probably yeah. probably about a year in. Yeah. So yeah. that's what, mid-90s, something like that? Yeah, he, 92. <laughs> 92. So I think they started about 89. Mm. I should know this. I was there a long time. I think they started about 89. It was quite a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. I've done nothing but tell everyone how old I am so far. Um, Uh, Well, let's get on to the the juice of it then. So what what are you doing now? You're listening to Series 3, Episode 3 with Debbie Rhodes. This is another Zoom interview recorded on the 15th of February, 2022. Hey up. So there's nothing driven by the media in this week's introduction. Well, except for my guest. Debbie specialises in digital consulting, translating business goals into digital strategy. She works with teams to adopt a more digital approach and deliver an exceptional user experience. Bringing over 20 years of experience to the table as a digital marketer and consultant working across a range of sectors and industries, including financial services, mutuals, charities and healthcare. Debbie also supports a large animal charity as a trustee in her spare time. I'm really interested in hearing from anyone in Leeds or from Leeds in whatever industry, sector or role you are in. Come on the show Leeds, be the guest Leeds. Represent yourself, your role, your experience, your pay grade 
what is your experience? Don't let someone else tell you. Come and tell me yourself. How do you feel about work? How much have you ever even thought about where you spend most of your life? What do you like and not like about living that way? What do you do, Leeds? Please like, share, follow and subscribe to Working Hours. This is a pretty unique show. I haven't seen anyone else having this conversation in this way. I'm speaking to the people in the offices and bedrooms doing the work. I want to speak to the people in the institutions, the factories and shops of Leeds. Wherever loiners are working, I'd love to hear about it. If you want to support Working Hours, please leave a review or a rating for this show. If you can afford a pound a month, you can sign up to the Patreon to help this show with covering its costs and supporting its marketing so that I can reach more people. It's also a pound a month because even though I really need cash for the show, it's more important to me that anyone can be a contributor to the project, should they want to be. And that's as low as the amount goes. If you're a Leeds-based organisation and you would like to support this project with either sponsorship or advertising, then I would also love to hear from you. Go to patreon.com forward slash working hours pod right now and sign up to help me in getting those 1000 loiners recorded for working hours over this decade. There will be bonus material in the future on the Patreon, but not if no one signs up for it. So the more you can do, the more I can do, and every little bit helps so much. Please do rate and review working hours and I'll see you next time, our kid. So um, I run a company called Digital Covered. And it's not a cupboard, it's covered. Apparently, <laughs> apparently I don't say it right often. So it's digital covered. Um, we, on the surface, we look like a digital marketing agency. If you peek in and have a look, if you look at us on LinkedIn, that's what we look like um, on the surface. So it can be a bit of a challenge because what we actually are is more of a consultancy. We love coming in and helping a company do what they can with digital. So digital is your websites, your social media, your advertising online. It's anything to do with being online. That's what digital is for us. And what we find is a lot of companies don't quite know what to do with it. And it's a bit scary. And they're not sure how to manage it and how to mm. get the best out of it. If you go to a, a traditional digital marketing agency, you might well not know what to ask for in the right way. Mm. and might not get there for what you want yeah. um so we we try and bridge that gap between the real experts in technology and search and social media and so on with the client because i until a few years ago i was always the client looking for those agencies so yeah. i'm used to that and we try and bridge that gap between the two and make sure they get the optimum results and experience from from that collaboration a lot of it we can do. So um, we're very much into processes and culture, change management, um, mm. agile, how uh, user experience. Mm. We're into those things. I've, we've got a lot of experience there. Mm. But when it comes down to ad strategies for your social media on Facebook yeah. or um, creating a campaign and all the graphic design that's needed for that, then we bring in trusted partners, people mm. I've worked with for decades quite often, mm. um, that have their own little companies that, that specialise in each of those types of things. It's just about optimising what you can do with digital channels, and a lot of companies don't seem to understand what that is because it's, you know, 
it's still quite new to some companies they've got the processes sorted where it's on paper Mm. they know they have to post this out on this date they're even doing some emailing sometimes instead that's great but actually how do you join all that up yeah um and how do you start when you're all busy yeah you've all got a day job you're all doing this full time you're all busy of course you are so how do you how do you dig into that digital side of things and Mm. and and minimize the risks of it yeah so it can take you know it costs money it, it costs time and and they're things that most companies are throwing around especially mm. especially now it's been a tough old few years hasn't it yeah. um so demystifying digital that's what we do that's the short answer <laughs> i'm not very good at the short answers but that's what we do well that's a, that's a good summation nice and concise <laughs> um so how how did it come about then so is this is your company yeah and so why did you go sort of the self-employed route what sort of took you into it um and then maybe take us through some of the journey of sort of like you know developing the company and you know where where you started from and where you've got to Mm. in in a brief I suppose <laughs> that's a really long answer so yeah. you're gonna have to do a lot of editing um okay so I I was at first direct for 19 years right. um and I love change by the way but first direct allowed me to do that because yeah. I changed roles every year or 18 months yeah I changed departments a lot yeah. I moved around the company I did everything yeah I was doing lending one year. I was doing credit um, control another year. Mm. The beauty of First Direct, the beauty of that grounding is that it was always about customer service. Mm. Everything we did was about customer service. Mm. Um, Always. It was always about that quality of what you were doing and how it mattered, Mm. Um, especially in the credit control bit. Yeah. It was beautifully done, really well handled. And then I moved into, um, into marketing. Um, and I, because it was the only team I hadn't been in yet. Yeah. So <laughs> off I went. And I literally used to persuade people to give me jobs that, mm. that they didn't know they needed because I wanted to change again. I wanted to learn something else. Mm. Um, so I moved into marketing and ended up running their digital marketing team website side of things. Mm. Um, but I did do a lot of the other roles like advertising and um, emails. And I did all of those roles on my way. Mm-hmm. But I ended up running the website team and we were constantly tweaking and changing, looking at the data, fixing journeys, making them a bit easier to mm. understand. And that moves from customer service into user experience. That's what digital people call it. But it's really about experience mm. wherever you go. And I absolutely loved doing that. Um, But then there was an opportunity to take redundancy and I'd run out of jobs I wanted to do. It was time to go. Um, And I still consider them family. I I still keep in touch with a lot of people. But back in 2011, I left. Mm. Long time ago now. Yeah, Uh, I mean, you were there a long time as well. So, And you'd done every sort of department. So you must have known the place inside out by then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I started in the call centre, was a call centre manager, moved all the way over throughout the, literally moving around the the office. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
where, but they could all hear me, by the way. Wherever I was, people could still hear me. Yeah. Um, people would say, I can tell Debbie's in the building. She's like, you're miles away from me. We can hear you. <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, and um, it was quite true because I have quite a loud, loud laugh. Um, but I, when I left there, it, it was a, an amazing opportunity because um, I then had the option of what do I want to do next? I spent some time with a, a coach um, and I fully recommend doing something like that every now and then in your career because you end up just on a path otherwise. Mm. You just, I'm just going to do with the next thing around the corner. Mm. So I did that and I learned from that that I, I love change. I love fixing problems. I love a challenge. I'm not very good at plodding along mm. or staying in one place too long. Yeah. So how do I do that? And I, I knew in my heart back then, all those years ago, the best way to do that is to be able to move around companies. Yeah. And the only way I can do that is to do it for myself. Mm. So do I become a consultant, a contractor? There's all these different titles yeah. for these things, isn't there? So I, what I wanted, what what I wanted to be was a consultant, but I wasn't confident enough at that point. I wasn't mm. confident enough in my offering, my my um, skills. Mm. Um, having been at one company nineteen years, that can actually impact your confidence a little bit because yeah. you're you're pigeonholed. Yeah, it happens. Um, so I then started doing contract work, um, project work because I did a lot of project management back in back at first direct you had to to get stuff done um so i started doing that and i worked at a few companies doing that and then in 2015 so six years i can't count can i four years later <laughs> i set up my company yeah um and we called it cornerstone designs right so that's what we trade under that's the company's name yeah. cornerstone designs um and I did, I kept doing contracting work under that. Mm -hmm. And I would work with um, building societies and charities, um, Lloyd's Bank at one point. Mm -hmm. and, and I would just pick up the next contract. Mm -hmm. And then at the beginning of COVID, it struck me that people, I couldn't go into their offices anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'd come across a new challenge. I couldn't be part of their team and get on with the work with them because none of them were there. Yeah. So what do what what will I do about that next? Now and I was at the place where I was ready to to take this step more mm. into consulting and and we changed. Then we added the title digital covered mm. because it's it's now about it's now about digital not not the whole, you know, whatever you need me for I'll come and do it. But what those years gave me was a massive understanding of the challenges companies have um, and we're not necessarily talking small companies you know there's mm. a lot of what it tends to be is older companies yeah so the size doesn't matter particularly it's that they've been around a long time so it's hard to change yeah it's ways of doing things and yeah. this is the way it's always been done and well I don't know about that how do we do that yeah and it's not and and one of the things I often say is it's not actually about technology yeah it's about people and culture. Well, that shift to Zoom, like through COVID, you know, like Zoom coming out of nowhere, you know, it's not like that remote working possibility hasn't been there for the previous 10 years. 
and hasn't been available you know like I I remember being in a workplace and saying to you know like they want to do savings and stuff it's like stop doing all these meetings and paying for travel everywhere and <laughs> yeah. get everyone on video conferencing you'll save a fortune and it was like yeah. oh it's so difficult to do it's, it wasn't it's not it's but not, then it? but you have to accept it, it. And, yeah that's it you have so. to accept it and that's what covid covid has been the biggest friend to digital mm. and that's such a weird thing to say mm. but so many improvements have come out of covid in the digital sense mm. and it, the use of it the acceptance of it mm. people people don't like change most mm. people I, lo- I love it but most people don't like change yeah we certainly don't like change if it's forced on us including me yeah. I don't like I don't like that who does um so it was kept at arm's length unless I had to do it you know yeah. I, I'm not going to that zoom call thing or you know <laughs> teams call other providers yeah. are available yeah um you know there's the people didn't want to do that they wanted to and, and we human beings on the whole want to interact with each other and see each other don't they? so mm. that the, the, you know it's nice that's coming back as well um i can remember being with a particular company um and wanting to work from home occasionally and and dial into calls Mm. and they just didn't want to do it yeah and when I tried it you weren't heard yeah because you were the only one that wasn't in the room yeah and I'm not shy um I don't think I'm rude either but I'm not shy and I will be heard if I need to be but it was very difficult because they just didn't get it yeah you know, if you're not here, we're going to carry on without you. Well, I am here. Yeah. I'm over here. Look on this big screen in your room. <laughs> yeah. So it's like Just you're off having it. a holiday somewhere. Yeah, why aren't it's you like... here? Why didn't you turn up? <laughs> so that's that's been, you know, that's been a blessing out of COVID. You've got yeah. to look for the good stuff as well, haven't you? What you can mm. learn, what got better. And that absolutely did. It made us mm. all a bit more... Uh, transportable didn't it we can Mm. we can move around more and and we're embracing technology yeah um and I think as well you know like the the global sort of aspect of of the internet of being able to you know so you don't have to fly and and for 12 hours and stuff it's like you just have to rearrange your meeting time and then everyone can be there at once and it can all be done you know, some people in. lose some sleep but you're going to do that on a long flight anyway so yeah my yeah. biggest regret I started working for a global team a HSBC team in my last year mm. at First Direct and my biggest regret is that was the time when they actually cut back on travel mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like I can go to Brazil for that it's fine no we're not doing it anymore it's like seriously I just missed out I missed out on it by months the the <laughs> So they actually started cutting costs and, and travel expenses and mm. being greener um, just as I was going into a role where I might have got some travel out of it. But anyway, yeah, big regret. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, uh, I mean, you've mentioned in terms of some of the clients, that you know, I, I was going to ask what your clientele was, so I would have imagined it be sort of SME, but you've said, you know, like mostly older companies. Um, I mean, and you've worked with, like big names you've worked in financial services um you've got some great quotes from, from you know these banks on your on your website um 
I mean, I would imagine that helps. That must help massively reputationally uh, sort of starting out. But you said as well, you you kind of got pigeonholed after being in First Direct for 19 years. So was it was it easy to sort of pick up those early clients or did you really have to, was it you chasing everyone to to kind of get those jobs or did it come to you quite easily Were people sort of like, oh, are you doing this? I'd, I'd really like to have you. Yeah, well, the when I first left First Direct, um, it, it was terrifying. I didn't even have a CV. Mm. I, I'd never had to write one. They didn't mm. really happen back then, mm. you know, 19 years before. So that was first. I need to write one of those and I need to figure out what I want to do and who I am and what makes me happy. And, and that was marvelous. That was a fantastic opportunity to do that. And then I got a bit scared again. Yeah. And I took the easy route and just went for contracting work. Mm. And and you just get a recruit. You, the biggest thing there is getting the right recruiter or recruiters mm. Mm. that actually understand you. Yeah. Because I have always been very hard to pigeonhole and, and I'm quite happy that I am yeah. hard to pigeonhole. I'm not one thing or another. I actually have that full breadth. Um, yeah. You know, running teams of marketeers means I understand all of it. Yeah. Um, including how to operate teams and what the processes look like and you know the whole thing yeah so it's very hard to pigeonhole me and say I offer this product or that product so I got a bit nervous and and at the beginning just went into contracting work Mm. and the easiest thing to do and that paid the bills and it helped me build my confidence back up Mm -hmm. I'm not I don't want to sound like I was broken I, I wasn't no, but you um, get institutionalized. That's, you know, that's it is a, a long word. time. It's a massive, massive change for you. That's a really good word for it. Mm. Um, I've never been aggressive um, about my career. It's always been about what will interest me and what will I want to do next. Yeah. It's always been that for me. Mm. So, you know, I, I, I've been able to make that some of those choices. You know, it's not been about I've got to earn more money next year. It's been about what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Um but I am a worker bee and I need to work. I, I have to work. It's not an option. Um, I just don't know what I'd do with myself otherwise. Drive everyone mm. else mad. Um, so, I th- yeah, so I started in contracting. It was fairly easy because of my skill set, because of my experience. It was quite easy to get into delivering digital type projects for other companies. Mm-hmm. It's quite easy. I got snapped up um, and they always last for six to 12 months. Mm. So after a year or so, 18 months, it almost became the, I don't want to be tied in for six to 12 months. I'm not sure I like that. So obviously my confidence was coming. I was, that was growing and I was experiencing different companies and their own challenges and how they operate. Um, I went to, um, I went to a, um, a mutual a society a healthcare society and I went I went for one year and ended up staying over two um and when you look back at all of these things I'm always looking for what can I learn what 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 would I have done differently what did I get out of that I should have left sooner that's yeah um that's a, a one of those things I shouldn't I should have stuck to my year yeah um that's what they needed they needed somebody to turn the website upside down sort it out get the processes in place, get them mm. working in a more test and test and learn. So that data thing. Yeah. 
what are we learning from that data have we got enough of it let's try this next yeah so getting that moving getting that process in place getting the right team in place is what I could do in a year and I should have left then yeah um so I did that and stayed too long but it's okay they 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 you know we we got out of each other what we needed in that time um then moving into a couple of building societies um and another mutual Mm. um seems to be my niche it seems to be where (laughs) I'm led and they tend to be companies that are older and a bit nervous yeah or have had their fingers burnt they've they've found this wonderful shiny agency that can build them a new website or do this for them or the other and what they haven't done fundamentally is go right down to the bottom into the foundations mm. to make sure that's doable yeah. and sustainable. And that, the you know, it, you, you cannot just do a shiny new website or launch a fantastic new social media strategy. Yeah. If the company that is under that doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. You can't, well, you can, but you're just wasting everybody's money. Well, yeah. And you're going to lose momentum. You have to be able to keep, momentum don't you with digital stuff it's it's like because it's the constant output so and so it's you have to think something up but then be able to do it sort of ad ad infinitum yeah from financiers i'll often hear in companies well when we get that working we'll start to save money won't we no Hmm. why would you save money why wouldn't why wouldn't you be spending more money to do it better and Hmm. better it's about what's coming in and making sure you're optimizing those new leads and sales and looking after them. And they often have this profit and loss thing going on. So they'll look at a budget for a, a business case and, and they'll have this wonderful process in place where it's got to within two or three years, wipe its own bum, as they say. So it's got to have started. And I'm saying, but if you want to invest in a brand new website, mm. it's never over else you'll need a new one in two or three years again. You'll have to start again. Mm. So great, let's get the bones working and let's get that new website built and let's create you this wonderful new digital shop window. Mm. But that's not it. And a a lot of companies even now still struggle with that. It's Mm. not over. It's, It's not like creating a magazine or a book that's printed and finished. Mm you have to continually optimize it and test it and play with different ideas and layouts and journeys. And that's the bit I love because that's, that ticks the change box. It's never over. Wonderful. Mm. Um, and financiers sometimes will struggle with that. They can't pigeonhole it. Um, they can't say at this point it's done and it's bringing in this many sales. Who's looking after them? Who's checking that that was the right way to do it? Who's going back and, you know, those types of things. So, yeah, it's a minefield, mm. but but it's exciting. And I can't remember what your original question was, Simon. <laughs> I've done it again. That's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> it's, more, it's more what you say than what I ask. So, you know, it's, it's, a sh- it's not a show about my questions. It's a show about... <laughs> what people are saying (laughs) did I answer them Uh, yeah yeah um so uh I've got a question on change like generally within work so I'm I'm gonna throw this in early so 
because I mean, you work in the realm of change and you're all about change. So the question is basically, if you could change any three things about your work right now, what, what three things would you change? So you can change any three things about oh, your work. What, what would you change? Oh, that's an awful question. <laughs> oh my we can come back to it if you want. <laughs> no, I need to answer it now. Okay. It'll just worry me. Um, <laughs> What three things would I change? Well, we're actually, so I'm going to go backwards before I go forward. I'm like the Billy Connolly style of um, interviewee. <laughs> Who knows where we're going next? Um, I, I started digital. So digital covered started to evolve at the beginning of COVID. So we're a couple mm. of years in now. Um, all of our clients to date have been through recommendations and referrals and people that already knew me. Yeah. All of them, yeah. which is amazing and wonderful and fantastic, but that's not sustainable. Yeah. Um, last year was too busy and, and entrepreneurs will think I'm crazy. Mm. Am I allowed to swear on here? Yeah. Batshit crazy. <laughs> so a lot of entrepreneurs will think I'm batshit crazy, yeah. but it was too busy last year. We were too busy. We were too working too hard. Um, and and you lose sight of who you are and why you do this when that happens yeah. and it's it's okay you know it, it happens occasionally and it paid the bills we're actually spending this quarter figuring out who we are what we're about and why we do this mm. we, we're, so we've actually gone back to that change mm -hmm. what do we want to be so i can i can kind of answer this with a bit of a um announcement i guess that we are changing slightly mm. what we do and how yeah. we do it can i think of three things i'm not sure so the first thing we did so we launched our website at the very beginning of 19 so we've gone mm. back and rehashed that yeah um so our new our new website went live in january um so i'm cheating a bit but that's one um because <laughs> i've already done it um the next one was um or in conjunction with that, the big question was, why do we exist? What's our proposition? Mm -hmm. What's the point of us? Because if you don't have a point, if you're not here for a reason, why would you, why would anyone else buy into that? Mm -hmm. um, so we did that work, and that's where demystifying digital came from as yeah. a as a proposition. Um, we revisited our values, and they're so important. And if you get that wrong or mm. you are led away from them it's it's painful mm. um so we revisited those and we've we've rewritten them a little bit and we will stick to them now um mm. and and it's not just about the client that we're looking to work with it mm. it's important to have your values and for them to be really public when people are looking for you mm. but equally i'm going to pick and choose clients i want to work with people that that share similar values and have similar um, ways of being respectful of each other. So yeah, that was important. And then the third one, <laughs> I know I'm cheating. Um, <laughs> the third one for me is our new product offering. So what we do and how we do it is really hard to explain. And I don't know if you've heard of the elevator pitch. It's very- Yeah, yeah. Um, your sort of two minute pitch you're going got, up in the elevator you've got an important person who's got all yeah. the money go yeah well you've got 30 seconds yeah explain what you do yeah you well you know me now you've known me a little while and I can't do anything in 30 seconds so I have yeah. no chance um <laughs> but it's 
it's hard to explain what we do because it's so all-consuming and so high level and strategic it's really hard to pin that down and put it into a box and say we offer this or that Mm -hmm. because we don't we're not a specialist in one of those many many things that come under digital marketing yeah um we want to help you do better that's that's kind of it and it's like who's going to buy that what do you mean how am I going to buy that from you? What's your product? Well, you're like a fixer, aren't you? You sort of like. Um, I like that. I like like that. the God, what are they? Um, oh, this is the power of advertising, isn't it? I can't remember the name of the people who are using Winston Wolf as. It's the big insurance company with the red phone. Why can't I think? Oh, Di- direct oh, line. Direct line. Direct God, line. That shouldn't have taken that long for me. To- <laughs> <laughs> direct line. Who don't use. Um, don't use comparison websites. Comparison websites. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as they were using Winston Wolf, the the fixer. It's like we we know the people. We know the people who can get the job done for you. It's, it's the, that's the kind of area that you're in, isn't it? You're you're like, I can. I've got a guy for that. Yeah. <laughs> or I've got a lady over here that does that. Yeah. Or, yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's good. I like that. So we through through lots of. Um, through lots of conversations and research and what are we, why are we here? What are we about? Mm. We've actually decided to, to look into a few different actual product offerings that we can do mm. that don't need all those associates and other skill sets. So that, yeah. so that clients start to have something they can really understand and search for yeah, and dig into because it's black and white. Yeah. Whereas nothing I do is black and white. So how do we get that black and white proposition for people to understand? Yeah. Um, I cut you off, Simon, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, and it kind of, it sounds a bit like you're trying to give, you know, because you have been working through recommendations and stuff so that, you you know, there's that knowledge of you already there. So that what I'm trying to get at is kind of like a pre-existing relationship. And it sounds a bit like you want to build that into new clients. It's like, we don't just want someone to, come and and then be going away it's like we want to find new interesting things to do yeah we also want to build a bit of a relationship with you as well yeah absolutely I mean for us the long-term relationship is the is the is what we want Mm. you know we're not we a lot of agencies will will um insist when they introduce you to a specialist that they take a cut and and it might be a one-off recommendation referral fee or it might be an ongoing five percent or we don't do any of that so while we're working on the project and they're working under us they're working through us Mm -hmm. however if you want to carry on that relationship and we don't need to be part of that next project I'm okay with that too yeah because we found you a fit we found you somebody you can trust and you can rely on and I don't need to take a cut of anybody's money now because because I want you to come back to us another time for something else yeah and I have I've had a few associates come to me over the last year and say so-and-so's come to me and said could we work direct are you okay with that and I'm going yeah Mm. absolutely if you want to yeah go for it so you know we've we've also helped other small businesses get more work get more clients as well and and I love that you know it's not going to make me rich but that that's not why I set this company up so 
it, it is about let's all just do better and let's work with people we want to work with and let's let's have a bit of fun with it mm. let's enjoy it and and let's learn let's do better with our digital stuff very technical term that digital stuff um <laughs> and i've completely gone off track again i think well but um, yeah no i don't i don't think you have and i think you've opened up <laughs> a fairly interesting area here for me so um so, you know, there was that story, I think it was during COVID and there was a big data leak and it was like, why are they using Excel for this? Oh. Um, and it was something, I'm pretty sure it was in the NHS and it was kind of like, why is this happening? It's like, none of you journalists have ever worked in a, in a British company recently, have you? <laughs> like, especially not a public <laughs> sector one. It's like... Why don't you know? <laughs> well, yeah, it's like all of these, you work, you go in some places and you're like, my God, how are you still, you know, like. How are you still, still alive? Yeah, you're still running you on legal? NT and like, yes. Like, what are you, like, how are you in business? Well, this is not how you run a place. Um, so, yeah, so, I, I mean, there is a lot of problems with a lot of industries in Britain and the way that they run. And like I worked in London, I've, I've said this before, you know, there was pretty much every company that I worked for in London, they were pretty much on it. And then yeah. coming back up here, they're like, they're trying, but they're not always not, quite no. getting there. So no. it'd be interesting to get you, obviously you'll have to do this in a fairly diplomatic way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Um, but uh, yeah. So what's your sort of take on, like companies abilities and internal company knowledge and like is it is it kind of a smorgasbord or are we more good than bad or more bad than good what, what's your sense of it there's an absolute passion to do the right thing yeah and um and and companies seem to be going literally going completely left or completely right some of them are so fixated on data security and mm. um that they're actually gone too far yeah and they can't function properly anymore because they're so wrapped up in the rules yeah no one can pass any information <laughs> yeah like, yeah <laughs> yeah they've gone too far the other way and it's like well how am i gonna where's my marketing list we can't have that can't yeah. have that list um you know or I'm going to hand deliver it to you on a disc. I'm like, oh my goodness me. Um, <laughs> you don't need to do that. It's no. not that bad. Um, and to the other extreme, which is, we just, it'll be fine. It won't matter. It won't hurt. It won't be us. What happened to us? Um, and I think we're doing okay. That's on a bit of paper on top of the filing cabinet. It'll be yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Near an so open window with a brief. <laughs> <laughs> just everyone's personal data there all right okay we meant well we meant well we didn't mean to do it um and you do have those extremes and and another problem with agencies is that experts will pop up and charge you lots of money to fix mm. it mm. and 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 i'm i'm being a bit negative here which is not me but they will prey on those concerns or fears or lack mm. of knowledge and I think that's the same for digital in general there's a when there's a fear or a lack of knowledge then there will be people that want to make some money out of that unfortunately mm. and and what we try and do here is is help you get to the right people for the right reasons and and at the right level for you yeah yeah so what Lloyd's Bank needs yeah. is not the same as 
the RSPCA. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a massive difference in, um, <laughs> but I've worked with them both. So, yeah. you know, um, it's different. So, you know, and, and that's what it has to be. It doesn't, mm. it doesn't all fit. Not one size fits everybody. And of course, data is important. I don't want people having my data either. Mm. Um, and it, it's incredibly important. Uh, and as long as your process is right, and digital technology can help massively with data protection. It really can. Yeah. There's so there's so many different products out there and softwares. That's another minefield. What do I pick? Yeah. Yeah. Which one do I need? Yeah. Um, you know, the whole point, digital came around to, to help people. You know, if you think about um, voice control, so Alexa or Siri yeah. or whoever, my machines are all going to kick off when I say things like that. Um <laughs> They came about because of disabilities, mm. and but they help in other ways as well. They've helped mm. us all in the end, whether we have those disabilities they started, but the problem was there and how do we solve it? So the problem of data security is an absolute real problem. It mm. absolutely is. How do we solve it? I think that's incredibly individual to each company. Um, and it's a minefield figuring it out. It's, it's one of the many areas. So when I... If I can get into the company at the right level with the right people, my approach is very much to look at the whole picture and find the problems. Mm. And the problems are not necessarily digital. They're just about process or culture or, mm. and, and data would be included in that. And right, these, this, this is your list. Um, what are the right priorities for you and how far do you need to take them? Mm. So we all have different levels, don't we? So, you know, I'm a fairly small company, so I don't have thousands and thousands of people yeah. rummaging through my website. Yeah. It needs to stay fairly light yeah. and easy to navigate. I, you know, I, I don't have lots of um, research documents and formulas and yeah. that's, it's about people. What you do, pressure. how you get in touch. <laughs> Yeah. Here's what we've done before. Yeah. So from, from my perspective, my data security levels are fairly straightforward mm. um, because everyone I interact with is, is another business owner or person. I don't mm. have their home addresses or phone numbers. Yeah. It's their work email address I have. And, yeah. and I don't need to get into the data of their customer base. I yeah. don't need to know that. So my levels are different to, to a bank's or somebody that's collecting bank details for instance or mm. but I do genuinely think most companies probably still haven't got the data security thing right we haven't really covered COVID too much I like I don't want to sort of go into a uh, big detail about it but if you just uh, it'd be interesting to get your take on sort of like the initial kind of thing going into lockdown like um, and how long it took you to kind of you know, uh, imagining that being the stormy seas, how long did it take to kind of like, you know, be able to navigate it again? Did were you sort of ah, we can't do anything and we're going to have to shut down, or were you straight on to furlough? And how did it kind of work for you? We were in back at the beginning of COVID. We mm. were in a um, coming out of one building society and heading into another. So we mm. only had one. We had two client, two building society clients. Mm. So. The building society we were exiting from, that just happened a bit quicker because what happened with a lot of companies like that, the older companies, is they suddenly had this challenge of how does everyone work from home? Mm. 
and they absolutely didn't need to worry about consultants and contractors. Mm. It, it, we, we had to come lower down the list and that's okay. Mm. Um, so the, the, both of the building societies we were working with had to take a step back from change mm. and figure out remote working. Mm. Um, so we had a quiet period of about two, I want to say two months, it might have been three, mm. where I, it was just me at that point. And I just took some time to think about what we were. And that's where the digital covered thing evolved from and that I wanted it to be more of a company than a Debbie does stuff. Yeah. And why, you know, the why of it, and that, that all came from the beginning of COVID. And then what, what does that mean for me longer term? So yes, we, I've, I'm creating this business that's a bit more on purpose than what I'd been doing before, but also what does that mean longer term for me? And I started thinking about whether I wanted to eventually move into NED roles, so non-executive director roles mm. or work with charities um, mm. as a trustee, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So I've dipped into volunteer work over the years, and um, but I've never stuck at it because of work commitments, because I'm mm. a, I am a bit of a workaholic. I, I've never been able to stick at it. I did Samaritans a few years ago, and I mm. highly recommend that experience if anyone wants to, to do something like that. Fantastic organization. Mm. And you learn a lot about yourself. Mm. You don't, you don't realize you're going to, but you absolutely do. It's, it's mm. a um, brilliant experience. So I made a decision to become a trustee and it had to be an animal charity going back mm. to, <laughs> going back to my bones. And I became a uh, trustee for the RSPCA. They snapped me up because of my digital marketing background, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, because that's what everyone was looking at. Yeah. What do we do with digital? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I very quickly got busy with them. Obviously, that's free because it's, you know, I'm a trustee, so I'm doing it for free. Um, but I very busy. I got busy with them, um, started thinking about a new website, what this business was, where I wanted it to go. Mm. And that kept me busy for a little while. And then the, the building society that, that I was going to start working with in, in February, March, yeah. um, popped back up in mm. May. Um, said right we're ready went, brilliant mm -hmm. let's get cracking so I started working with them as well and then for me COVID has if it's done anything it's made my business better mm. which I'm so grateful for I know that's unusual um, but people were working remotely anyway mm. they wanted to know how to do better with digital yeah um, because their customers were working remotely too. Yeah. They couldn't go into a branch. They couldn't get through on the phone because all the staff were working from home, mm. which meant they took less calls. It's just how it is. No, oh, yeah, you um, were there being what was needed at the time. Yeah, so it was, it was, it was good timing in a mm. way, and it did mean we didn't have to advertise. Or I, I was talking to someone if, back in, in December, excuse me, and she said to me, you don't do any marketing for your company. And I went, I know, I really should, shouldn't I? I said, but I've never had to. I said, you know. We're busy enough. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Um, so we are now. 
we, we're yeah. actually out there since early January. We're actually marketing ourselves now, which is mm. um, it's ridiculous. It's taken me two years to do that. But, but you, you kind of have to as well at this point because it's kind of like well you're talking the talk but you have to be walking the walk yeah. as well yeah so you don't do it at all yeah no, not really <laughs> but you should you should um yeah exactly well it's it's the old it's the old adage isn't it if you live with an electrician you never get your lights fixed yeah, yeah. it's all it's all uh, by the way I do live with an electrician um it, it's all that you know get around to yourself last but that's what this quarter has been about for us putting mm. us first yeah and getting back to those basics to prove to other people we do know how to do this um yeah cool i think i'm going to go into the ubi question now because um sort of I'm, i want to link it in with kind of so i've asked the question about stress and sort of well-being before and this was one that i, I sort of came we talked about a fair bit during lockdowns um so i want to kind of bring that back a little bit mm. but um I mean, in terms of work-life balance and like stress and the amount that you work and, you, you know, you, you've obviously said you're quite proactive, you're a bit of a workaholic, you've said yourself. Um, so how many hours do you give it? Do you think that's good or bad for you? Like, how are your stress levels? How is your work-life balance and well-being sort of thing? Like, how does that all figure in your work working life? Yeah. I need to get better at making those all catchy and the words. sound like yeah sound <laughs> like I'm actually <laughs> how really do you balance clunky. running a business with yeah. all the stress <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm doing I'm doing it now I'm just making up words um we we um the biggest and best decision I made in this company mm. was setting my son on and I haven't told you that mm. yet so my younger son works for digital covered mm-hmm. And it's the best thing I did. Mm. And he started here about 13, 14 months ago. Mm. And I don't know what I'd have done without him. That's I'm telling you that from a stress point of view, a well-being point yeah, of yeah. view. So, um, you know, he's nearly 26 years old. He's not a baby. Mm. And, and his background is change management and customer service and mm. all of those great things. Um, so it's a good fit. Yeah. And of course, we have the same values. Mm because we grew up, he grew up with me, he didn't have a choice. Um, And we understand each other. So that's a massive thing for me, who you're working with is a huge part of that stress. And I don't think an hour feels like an hour if you're enjoying it. Mm. Five hours doesn't feel like five hours if you're enjoying it. Yeah, Uh, You forget to make a coffee or, Mm. you know, because you're just on a roll, you're on a, it's great, you're enjoying it, you're energized. Mm. The biggest thing during COVID for me with stress was not interacting with enough people. Yeah. That was painful. Mm. I can go into a room and run a workshop with 20 people without much prep because I've Mm. done it for so long. And I know what I'm talking and I can talk for fun, as you can tell. Um, And I love that interaction. I love meeting new people and learning about them and their Mm. challenges and what they need. I love coaching and mentoring, by the way. I can't help myself. I've always done that. So I love meeting people and helping Mm. them, not just businesses. And I couldn't do it. Mm. And that was awful. That was the most awful thing. Apart from all the normal fears we all had of COVID, that was the the hardest thing. Mm. So taking Jack on, taking him into the business and having enough work to cover that, of course, was Mm. amazing. And then I think work-life balance. So (laughs) 
Jack has horses and dogs. Mm. We have horses, we have dogs. Um, so between us, we're always running off to do something or other. But we have that complete trust. If somebody said to Jack, how many hours did you do last week? He'd probably say, I have no idea. Don't know. That's just how we are. We're family. It's a family business. And we can do that. I We both tend to be early risers. So we're in here before 8 a.m. usually. Mm. That means you can get loads done because nobody starts emailing you till after nine. Yeah. So that's nice. We did a two-hour workshop before you and I dialed into this call at 10 a.m. Yeah been at it for hours that's how it works but then we'll get we'll get to three three thirty four o'clock and we'll just go yeah we'll leave and it's light enough to walk the dogs or it's the better part of the day though isn't it I mean like you know working in an office you get to sort of three thirty is the traditionally like have another coffee get that last 90 minutes of, a, of <laughs> yeah. output crawl to <laughs> crawl to 5 p.m yeah. so that I'm not the first to leave <laughs> all that good stuff I remember so, those days yeah but I, I mean you know when I've been in offices where you, you have got in early you know you get really early and you do you get loads done because <laughs> yeah. there's no one around and you just there's nothing else to do so you're just taking just off get things, work done yeah. yeah when I worked at first direct I was um running a team of digital marketeers and I would get in and and places like First Direct, HSBC, um, and it's not, I'm not calling them out, but big corporations Mm. work you hard. Mm. They do. The benefits Mm. are great. The experience is fantastic. I don't regret a second of my time, Mm. but they work you hard. Mm. Um, And I used to get in at seven-ish, And it's the other side of Leeds, by the way. Yeah. Um, so it's not an easy journey drive, but I would get in at seven-ish. Mm. And everyone else would come in about quarter to nine, thereabouts. Mm. And I would get up and go at four. Mm. And I remember one day somebody saying to me, how, how do you just get up and go at four o'clock? Don't you feel weird? I went, no, I was in two hours before everyone else. Mm. It's okay, mm. but the mentality was the fear of being different or looking like you're not pulling your way. The fear was there, and I've carried that with me throughout every job I've ever done, and including consulting work. It mm. shouldn't be about that. It, what, what's the value you're bringing in? And I think that's a very interesting point. Um, there is, like, conformity is weird in a workplace. It's... Um, you know there's weird levels of it and weird expectations yeah and and like you feel the need going into a new workplace I mean I think people quite often feel the need I have of like to you know to fall into line or fall into step or to try and yeah you know behave consistently with everyone else yeah. I mean I think that's pretty normal in most situations but I think that's an interesting area we want to be valued don't we we want to be respected and valued mm. Most we also want to be recognized that we're actually coming in and not just be anonymous. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> but I think, yeah, I think it's a bit, it's too simple to say, well, if I manage nine to five, I must be really good at my job. That's not mm. really quiet. And I think that's another benefit of COVID because we've been able to be more flexible and work remotely. Your boss cannot see how many coffees you had. <laughs> and that's okay. They have to find a different way to manage you if you're not doing as well as you could Mm. or struggling or need more support I'm sure Mm. there's a lot more challenges with things like that because you they can't see you Mm. but that's just good management Mm. 
they're just good people skills that people should have or or recognize that they need and find them but to me the work-life balance is about and I guess I'm the boss, so it doesn't matter anymore. But it's not about <laughs> it's not about saying, well, I didn't do seven, eight, nine hours, mm. so I can't I can't be good at what I did today. Actually, you can spend you can be a busy fool, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I see a lot of that. Yeah. Busy fools. It's like, what did you do? Well, I had a meeting after meeting after meeting. But what did you do? <laughs> <clears throat> my diary well, We did packed. lots of chats and yeah. I spent my lots of money on... My diary is full. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but what did you do? <laughs> what did you learn? What will you do differently tomorrow? Yeah. What did you um, get paid? <laughs> <laughs> that helps too, being paid. But let's yeah. not pretend we don't want money. We all want to be paid. But yeah, I, I think work-life balance is incredibly important but it's personal Mm -hmm. and I think um if if we're thinking at the moment of taking on a a a junior Mm -hmm. an assistant we tried last year and it didn't work out with the young guy that we brought in it Mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't right for him but we're going to go there again soon hopefully over the next few months and Mm -hmm. it won't be about being here at 9 a.m it will be about respect and trust yeah, that, yeah. Mean, that means certain things. Communication needs to be good. Yeah. But it will be more, the value will be about what you produce. Yeah. And whether your communication's strong. And, you know, they'll be the things I'll be looking for, but also hoping to help them evolve as well. Mm. Um, and I can't time track people. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have, I don't have that need in me to, oh dear. No, but yeah, that, well, there's that. It's the being, it's kind of like to a degree, some of those roles, like call center roles, I think, especially, or like, you know, those sort of entry jobs, they like to call them. You are treated like children a lot. And you, and a lot of the time, that's because, you know, the job's largely for young people starting out in the workforce and so on. But it does, yeah, it's, I think having good, uh, what am I looking for? Good experiences in the workplace. You know, that that that's what you're looking for when you're starting work. And, yeah. you know, once you've got a few of those and you can kind of go, well, this is the kind of thing that I like. This is what I don't like. This is what I don't want to put up with. Mm. Then you get more of a sense of where you want to go and what you want to do, I think. Um, I have been a call centre manager. So if there's anyone listening that knows me from those days, I hope you're not screaming at the... Um, <laughs> at the computer right now um but but you're right if you have to resource taking 20 calls or 50 calls or a thousand calls then you need bums on seats to do that absolutely of course you are and you need to have an average call length Mm. and you you need to know roughly how long people won't be able to take calls so Mm. they're either finishing off a piece of work or they've nipped to the restroom or whatever that is Mm. you need to average those things out absolutely So it does become a bit more of a challenge to be an individual, mm. but I do just think that comes down to management skills mm. and how you create that, how, you know, how you make it feel and look. Um, I mean, so, what, yeah. what made you, what made you stay? Like, I mean, call centers like a notorious for sort of, you know, you go in one day, there's 20 people and the next day there's, there's 10, <laughs> you know, like for the training and stuff. And by, the, by three months like, in, you're Whoa. the only person left. Like, <laughs> I'm the senior from that cohort. <laughs> yeah, I'm the last one standing. <laughs> what made me stay? Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't 
do it for that long, but I absolutely loved it. I, I, it was at first direct and it was back. Was it just chatting to new people every day? Was that how you yeah, saw it? it yeah, was, it was back at the beginning of, of their journey. Mm. And it was, it was, um, it was, there was, the, the, there was a sales element in the role. And I didn't mind that because as long as I was discovering the right needs and just saying, do you know, we've got this and this, would it be of any use to you? Mm -hmm. It wasn't a hard sell. It wasn't like the old kind of double glazing salesman or car salesman, or it wasn't that to me. It was, well, if I don't tell you about it and you go away and you, you might, it might have been the right thing for you. So I saw it as a service. So I didn't mind that. And I think just because I love talking to people, as you can probably tell, Um, I just used to enjoy the calls. I remember one of my managers saying that she'd she'd run out of time and she'd taken some, um, you would not do this nowadays, would you? But she took some calls home to score. Mm. You would not do this now. Mm. You would absolutely get crucified. But this is a long time ago. And um, she'd been playing them out loud whilst kind of scribbling some notes down and things. And I came on and I burst out laughing with this bloke and we're chatting away. And her son walked in and went, what the heck was that? And she went, oh, it's just Debbie. (laughs) Um, And that's what I would do. You know, I would chat away with them and and it would be a... I, I would have for for that brief period of time I'd have a relationship with that customer mm. and do whatever I could and then and then move on to the next one and mm. that's what that was the beauty of first direct in those early days especially it was genuinely about service mm. so I enjoyed it I really did and then I moved into a role where I was managing people that were doing that and some support and training roles and and you know kind of jumping around like I like to do doing different things and I helped them see the joy of it Mm. not everyone because you can't reach everyone but they actually had the best retention rate of all call centers back then yeah that's no small thing yeah I don't know what they are now I won't have a clue um but back in the day when I was doing it and it's not about me um but they had really good retention rates oh yeah it was it was like a job people wanted yeah it's like you know like even even call centers in other call centers were like oh yeah trying to get into first direct yeah yeah so (laughs) it was it was a an enjoyable place to be um and and if if you could get your head in the right place yeah if you sat there thinking well this is just a sales job and they won't let me go at the toilet and then of course why would you so you know mind mindset yeah we, we didn't really cover UBI there, but I think I know what your answer would be. So if we, if we were given, <laughs> we <didn't do> <laughs> if, if you were given a universal basic income, so if you were getting like a stipend, you're getting enough cash, you didn't necessarily have to work. Would be this, would this suddenly become the time that you like, right, I'm going to run off to university and do my, all my degrees. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, those, those things I never did. <laughs> yeah. All those things I didn't finish. Or would you keep with the work? Like, what, what do you think you would do? Do you think you would still keep working? I, I mean, do you work? You kind of work because you need to work, like you said earlier. Um, yeah, I, I have to work. Um, would I? D- so, so would I do this if I didn't need to earn money? Mm. Um, probably yes. Mm. Probably still would because it ticks all my needs it Mm. ticks my boxes of change and fixing things and interacting with lots of new people all the time and helping Mm. them um it 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 fulfills those needs in me I could do that in another way I could do it in more charity work um so that's an option 
definitely if if I didn't need the finances mm. um it, it could be that I actually lean lean more into full-blown charity work mm. um but I have to work mm. when did the idea of uh, like a, a kind of always find this interesting with people with their own businesses so was it something that you always wanted but like did you want to go into business for yourself be your own boss or is this something that was just like this is a necessary next step like did you have that influence were there people in your life that sort of were self-employed that you're kind of like I can do that I mean what what made you go that route so my parents have all almost always been self-employed mm. And they're still going, they're still doing it. Mid 70s, they're running a business, they're still at it. Um, so they, they're hard working, mm. really hard working, but they also have a lot of fun. They're in Florida for three months at the minute. Mm. Um, so they, they are absolutely inspiring to me. And I, that's where I learned my work ethic. Mm. Probably I will learn my work life balance from them as well, if I think about it, because they mm. also spend it and go have fun. Yeah. So, definitely from that point of view but for me personally I've never been I've never been driven to run my own business particularly Mm -hmm. it's more that's what works for to tick all those boxes off yeah 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 so you have to be senior enough in a company to have an influence on the culture and the prioritization and decision making you have to be at a certain place to Mm. be heard Mm -hmm. and when I wasn't that made me unhappy yeah Yeah. so I don't need to be the boss of everything or possibly anything but am I being heard for the right things am I helping Mm. can people hear me can the right people hear me and is it helpful is you know am I able to help Mm. and that's that's what's led me here more than anything Mm. it's probably the weirdest answer ever that but um, no it's not it's I mean it it, like it did seem like it would be just given that your career trajectory and what you want you to do and what you are doing it was like well this is this is the logical next step for it um so We'll do the climate change question, then I'll come back to social media. So, and I just call it the climate change question, but it's it's like, so basically all the ecological and green stuff, like, is it something that is a priority for you or your company? And is it something, or is it something that you can't even afford to think about? Like, where does it sit on the sort of spectrum of like, we just can't. (laughs) or or we're doing everything we can or we're going to put out lots of notices saying that we're really green and then blew everything like where where are sounds, you sounds good <laughs> sounds good doesn't it um there's not um we don't produce anything mm. um we are mostly remote working mm-hmm. so I mean, I mean you can see i'm sat in in our office mm-hmm. but it's a mile from the house mm not far um and and jack's a mile in his house as well so you know we're not we're not coming far to get here um when we when we 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 bought this building rather than renting it and it's a Mm 1700s building in horsforth Mm -hmm. um and i i just fell in love with it Mm. um but what we've done is we've 
we've kitted it. My husband rewired the whole thing and my other son is also an electrician. So it's very much a family venture. They rewired the whole place and everything in here is now as green as it can be. Mm. Um, <clears throat> we bought reconditioned, um, can you see the desks? Yeah, it looks nice. I saw the They're, dog walking around earlier as well. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been the Labrador because the yeah. other one's tiny and you can't see us. So the desks, <laughs> the desks are reclaimed timbers and um, scaffolding poles. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that was all reclaimed stuff. Um, and we we do what we can. It's not yeah. at the top of my list. I'm not constantly thinking, what else can I do? Mm. Um, and I'm not sure what else we can do. I did a bit of research into digital green mm. efficiencies. Mm. Um, and I couldn't see a lot else we could do, if I'm honest with you. Mm. We don't travel much. Um, we don't need to. Uh, COVID is is our friend there because mm. people people are used to it. We don't have to travel much. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure what else I could do. Somebody can tell me what else I can do and I'll do it. But I'm not sure what else there is. <laughs> but I'm also not jumping up and down saying we're green as a company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, yeah. Our, our, our social responsibilities are this, that and the other. I'm not trying to pretend I'm somewhere else. Yeah. Um, we've done all the things we think we can do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that comes back to what you were saying about values earlier, because if the values are kind of, well, I mean, it's not like you're not going to support a company in them doing something that they want to do, or you wouldn't take that job on. So yeah, so your values would dictate which way you would go sort of ethically with that. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll do a quick question about the future. And then I'm going to come on to social media but I don't know how much we'll have to say about that. We might have loads to say or, um, but yeah, so uh, in terms of the future, I mean, it must look pretty, are you, are you thinking fairly rosy because there's going to be lots and lots of people who need this service and it looks like it's got good growth potential or are you like, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> Everything's crazy. <laughs> or, <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't really done a Brexit. I haven't really done the Brexit question. So maybe we'll touch on that a little bit as well. So, um, I mean, have you noticed any, uh, I can't imagine, and maybe through your clients of like, what, has anything changed for you because of Brexit? No. And I think, I think it's hard to split that out from COVID for, yeah, yeah. for bigger companies. So mm. I don't know how anyone can answer that simply, mm. simply mm. anymore um because we brexit covid all you know how how do you separate all that out we don't have any clients that are in europe so it hasn't impacted us at all one of our clients has customers abroad but that hasn't impacted the work we do with them that's a company we're creating a new website for so we always start with research into who your customers are first yeah. first job and it, 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 I haven't seen an impact with them either. That, that's probably the closest I've come. One of my dearest, oldest friends is a HR consultant. She worked in Europe all the time and that just died. Yeah. That just stopped completely. Yeah. Um, but she wouldn't have been able to go with COVID anyway. So again, I don't know how you split those things out. And I think it's starting to warm up again for her now. Normal seems to be coming, doesn't it? Um, mm. Whatever that looks like. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think Brexit had a big impact on us. Mm. I think COVID did mm. in a positive way, which is probably weird. But, yeah. Mm. Were you asking me about the future? 
or did we get yeah, sidetracked that, again? Like, yeah, so in terms of looking forward, I mean, are you quite positive about the future? Are you quite optimistic? I mean, it sounds sounds like it's going well, touch wood, and we'll continue to do so. I am very optimistic about the future. We are just in that period of what are we redefining us? What do we want to do? Mm. Um, but I'm really excited about that. We've got some really interesting ideas about mm. what we want to do. It will never be about making a fortune for me. Mm-hmm. It's in part, this company's a legacy for my for, for Jack, mm-hmm. if he wants it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he might turn around and say, I don't want it. Thank <laughs> you. That was great, mum, but I've had enough of you. I'm going. Right. Uh, that could happen too, of course. But, you know, I, I'm hoping it's a company that, that can be sustained in the next few years that he can just roll with and he can start steering the ship mm-hmm. and he will be fantastic at that. For me personally, I'm working on that. That's mm. the priority. And, and what do we look like and who, who, how do we attract new clients? Mm. But I'm also thinking longer term for me and back to my thing of needing to fix stuff mm. and have lots of change. The avenues for me in, you know, in five years time, say, uh, wouldn't be working in this office in this business mm. because Jack will have had enough of me by then, I'm quite sure. Um, and it needs to be his baby. Um, mine is, I'm considering kind of leadership coaching, uh, non-executive directorships, things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's you know, longer term, mm-hmm. five years or so, that's, that's next for me, I hope. Because, mm-hmm. um, again, they tick those boxes just in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I have a plan. Mm-hmm. Will you retire? <laughs> No, no, Heavens, no. <laughs> my parents are 75 years old yeah, and they are the they are making furniture. They run an upholstery business Yeah, <laughs> and they do the work. There's only the two yeah. of them and they yeah. do it in Canada, not here. But that's what they do. They still make furniture, sofas. Crazy. Uh, well, at that point, you want to be like, you know, totally artisan, don't you? Like, but well, we'll only make three a year and they'll cost mm. you this much. <laughs> I keep saying to my mum, put your prices up and yep. do a bit less. Yep. It's like, oh, no, no, I'm like, you're crazy. They are so mm. good at what they do. It's ridiculous. They are mm. the best. Mm. They they fit out yachts and all sorts. Um, but they're too cheap, in my opinion. But that's <laughs> what can I do? <laughs> But that's where I that's where I get my working worker bee mentality from. Mm. And I can't imagine not working, but I do think you have to enjoy it. That's the mm. that's the challenge for most of us. Finding something we want to do, finding mm. something we enjoy doing. And for me, that's why it's really hard when people try and pigeonhole me, because it's not about the thing, it's about the why. Mm. And the why is I just want to help. Mm. And the things ended up being digitally marketing-y yeah, stuff yeah. Yeah. because that's what I learned. That's yeah. that, you know, they're the, the skills I learned, but it really is more about helping fix things and helping people. Thank you again to Debbie for being my guest. Thanks again to all my guests and thanks to you for listening. If you're listening to this, I assume you have some connection to Leeds, like living here or being from here. If you're such a person in Leeds or from Leeds and you haven't done your recording for working hours yet, then don't wait. Email me right now. Right now. Quick, get a pen. Workinghourspod at western-studios.com. Let's arrange some time for us to record your working hours interview. If you fancy being my guest, put guest in the subject of your email and add a short bio 
and some suggestions of your availability. If you want to be on working hours, we will need a two hour window in which to record. I can record in your work time or during your downtime. I have been recording interviews over Zoom for over a year, but I can record offline too. You can appear on working hours anonymously, or you can promote yourself and or your company or your brand. Cleaner or owner, what is your experience? How do you feel about work? What do you like and not like? What do you do, Leeds? Be a part of local history, have your voice heard, share your wisdom, give us the inside skinny. This is your show, Leeds. It's all about what you make of yourself. Do you know what you're doing? If you do, then come and tell me about it. Come on, even if you don't. Email me right now. Get that pen, workinghourspod at western-studios.com. If you're allowed to, that is. If you're not allowed to, then tell me why not. If you and your business aren't ashamed of what you do, then let's hear about it. What good are you doing the rest of us? Are you socially useful? Am I? Is this? Email me right now. Get that pen. Workinghourspod at western-studios.com Send me feedback, questions, comments and queries about working hours. What is happening, Leeds? Follow this show on Twitter at workinghours3 and on Instagram at workinghourspodleads to find out when episodes are being released or use the hashtag workinghourspod to find me on either. Um, I'm also on Facebook, but I hate it there. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Simon hyphen Treen. Or you can go to my company page, which is uh, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Western hyphen studios. If you want to make a podcast in Leeds, whether it's for a cause, a publicity campaign, a product promotion and or your passion projects, then get in touch with Western Studios for support, advice and guidance on anything podcasts. At Western Studios, you can work with a real lawyer who is actually in Leeds that you can actually work with on making podcast content. So don't wade through articles and videos and podcasts about how to make podcasts. Western Studios can just make your podcast with you or even for you. Western Studios can take on your podcast admin, recording, editing, transcription, whatever. Tell me about it. I really want to hear from other failed screenwriters such as myself to look at making your material as audio content. So if you have an old script hanging around and again you are leads based then get in touch I'd love to hear from you. Uh, ditto to performers and actors who might be interested in doing voice work. Got an inkling that you'd like a podcast but you don't know where to start then hit me up at makemypodcast at western-studios.com and we'll start making your podcast. The first hour of consultation and pre-production will be free for you so get in touch and let's have a chat. Save the hassle, save the headache and make your podcast with a Leeds-based in real life podcast producer me at Western Studios Leeds. Once again please let Working Hours get big and strong by joining its Patreon. Support Working Hours by becoming a champion on Patreon for a pound a month. You can also chat to me about the show and God, do I need to find someone to talk to about this. Go to patreon.com forward slash working hours pod right now and sign up, please. Please remember to like, share, follow and subscribe to this show. Every little bit helps. Tell your gran, tell your housekeeper, tell your gardener, tell your parole officer, tell your boss, tell Leeds and I'll see thee next time. Working Hours is presented, edited and recorded by Simon Treen for Western Studios Leeds Limited. The music was The Bees from Chopin's Etudes, which is in the public domain and was taken from museopen.org.